Man, what the hell he know about basketball? Shit, he don't know a motherfucking thing about basketball. Do you see his Facebook posts? That nigga be wildin'. I swear to God, this nigga don't know what the fuck he be talking about. He be on that shit just saying anything. Hey, man, old heads are fucking retarded. Brian the GOAT? This nigga got Brian as the GOAT? <laughs> Yo, what's going on, world? It's your boy Cuff with the Brain Serpent Podcast. We back with another one. Today, it's a sports edition. I'm here solo. I'm going to hold it down for the squad. So, uh... Today's content is going to be about the NBA Top 75 list, um, how I feel about it. You know, my criteria is different than what they use, but um, I'm going to kind of give you all my Top 25, I mean, my Top 75 list, but the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to pick the top 15 players from each position, and then that will add up to my 75. And my criteria... Is basically saying what they did, you know what I'm saying? But if you got Curry to six rings, four rings, five rings, he was the third, fourth option, six man, shit like that. Just because you got multiple rings and one defensive award and a gold medal, don't mean you on my top 75. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going with the best small fours, the best power fours, the best, the top 15 players at each position, right? So I got all these damn papers and shit. I just finished this shit. But, um, let me see. How should I start? I should I start off with giving y'all my top 15 at each position or talk a little bit about the guys that I feel could be replaced? I'm going to start with the top 15 at every position because that's probably a little more, that's a little more entertaining than, you know, speaking on the guys who can be replaced or should be replaced, either could or should be replaced, either or. But, um, yeah, man, it's like I say. The way I'm doing it is my top 15 at each position, and that will round up to my top 75 all the time. You know what I'm saying? And like I say, well, let, me, let me rephrase it a little different one more time. I'm picking the top 15 players at each position, which will round up my top 75. If I was doing it by the top 75 players, period, it's a little harder because it's like, how do you have uh like how you compare a guy seven feet playing center compared to a guy six two playing point guard if it comes like 74 players right if you got two greats with one the point guard and one the center like how do i go about putting one on the list and making sure uh the other one not being on it's hard to compare people at different positions especially when the positions require so much different type of skills you know what i mean so with that said, obviously, you know, there might be more new school players on my list than old school just because the new school guys can play multiple positions and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So their value to a team is higher than, you know, say, uh, for instance, uh, Bill Walton. Or let me see, Bill Lambeer. Let's just say for him, for instance. Back then, how the game was, he was very valuable. You know what I'm saying? He, he was, you know. Um, but if you have a guy like Joel Embiid, He's much more valuable back then and now. You know what I'm saying? So I don't see how he wouldn't be on the list, but Bill Walton would. And not the best example because Embiid has, has injuries. He hasn't had a long career yet, none of that, no MVPs, no championships. But just an example skill-wise where it's like, how could Bill Walton be there and Embiid's not there? You know what I mean? So, at point guard, 
I'm gonna hit y'all with my honorable honorable mention mentions first. Honorable honorable mentions, goddamn. Woof. But yeah, I got Derrick Rose, Dang Dollar, Tony Parker, Rajon Rondo, and Mark Price. I seen a post saying something about Mark Price being like one of the uh, janitors and shit that Jordan went against. But low key, Mark Price was nice though. He one of the uh, one of the few people that's part of the uh, 50, 40, 90 club where you shoot 50% from three, 40% from the field, and 90% from the free throw line. That alone, you gotta be top something. That's crazy. Especially when you actually out there taking shots. You ain't just getting five shots a game, so everything is high percentage. You're actually out there balling. You know what I'm saying? And you're averaging those percentages. I mean, you gotta get some kind of credit for that. So he was in my top 15. I had to take him out because I forgot about two guys and try to change shit up a little bit. But in no particular order, I had Magic Johnson. No particular order for point guards. I had Magic Johnson. You know what I mean? He's basically an all-around point guard. Not much of a shooter, but he's 6'9". With that ball handle, he can put you in the post, get the job done. You know what I mean? Uh, he had the sky hook, everything like that. Like, Magic was nice, even though he couldn't stretch the floor. And part of my criteria, actually, is being able to be effective in multiple generations, in multiple eras, you know what I mean? Like, if if I look at your highlights, look at your numbers, and uh, do research on you, and it sounds like, excuse me, you are the type of player who could only be successful in a certain era, then your chances of making my top 15 on the position-wise is lower than a guy who I feel could be effective in two, three, four, whatever different eras. If you only could be effective in your era, you're probably not going to be on this list. When I say effective, I mean like a starter, not a six-man, not a role player off the bench who come in with high energy, give rebounds and defend. Like, not that, because those guys don't make top anything list. So, yeah, um... Magic Johnson could be successful in any era, so he's of course he's of, of course in there. Steph uh, Steph Curry is a smaller guy, but he shoots so good. You know what I mean? It's like in any era they could set him a screen and he could shoot. So all that physical handshake shit it sounds good, but you give him a screen in that split second time, he still shoots very accurate. So I think he could get the job done in any era. Also has a crazy ball handle. Uh, defense isn't really good at all. You know what I mean? It's gotten better over the years, but the Warriors still more trying to hide more defense, you know what I mean? But outside of defense, everything else is good. He can finish around the rim pretty good. Everything in mid-range is nice. Even though he don't take mid-range much, but it's good. You know what I mean? Even uh, this year when he was shooting, I think it went up now, but he was shooting kind of lower percentages from the field, but it's went up. He can hit a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I got him up there. The next one, some may say he's a shooting guard, and I look at him more of a shooting guard, but once again, I got all my stuff off of just research, and most places had him listed as a point guard. So, with that being said, Adam Iverson, AI, the answer, Young Philly, yo, he made my uh, my top fifteen point guards ever. So we got Magic Johnson, we got Seth Curry, we got AI, small as hell, but of course he'd be effective in any era. Um. One thing about AI I would say as far as in the, the newer generation, he can't really shoot threes too good. Just like Westbrook can't. You know what I mean? And um, 
I don't know how great he would be in this era. I'm not really sure. I, I know he would be a nice player. You know what I'm saying? Like, for sure. He'll get buckets all over the court, all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, there's not many guys in the NBA who are that small and can't shoot threes all that effective, but are looked at as stars in the league. So, I have to question that, but yet still, I look at AI like, man, he, he just he has a heart, bro. So, fuck it, man. And I love small guard. I mean, I'm 5'8". I've been this height forever. So, you're a small guard getting the job done. I really fuck with you. So, AI's on the list. Uh, after that, one of the best point guards ever who don't get mentioned enough, but he's definitely on my list. And I think he's a top five point guard. That is Jason Kidd. The man was a beast. First of all, came to the league, real good passing, real good defense, a great leader, so forth and so on. As time went on, next thing you know, he had a three, a three ball. And even before he got that, he's a problem. But once he got that, it was shooting more consistent and at a good rate. Oh, my God. Jay Kidd was a problem. Why he don't get talked about much, I'm not sure. He get ready to defend everything. So he was nice, man. Um, after that, another person kind of slept on. Um, I guess because of injuries, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. But if you watched him play, and you could only imagine if he didn't have the injuries, what his career would have looked like. Um, Penny Hardaway, man. If you don't have Penny in your top 10, like, I don't feel like if you disagree with me that you're hating on a guy, that's just your opinion. You know what I mean? It is what it is. You feel know I me? Mean? But um, if you don't have Penny, or top, Penny Hardaway in your top 10 for point guards, to me, that shit is strange. I ain't going to lie. Like, that's a little weird to me. You know what I'm saying? But Penny Hardaway, top 10 point guard all time. Uh, I got him on my top 15. But uh, he's on he top 10, definitely. After that, this is a top five point guard all time. Chris Paul, man. Once again, I felt like this before this little shit he did with Houston. You know, he joined Houston and helped them get a little further. And, you know, uh, a lot of people view it like if he didn't get hurt, they could have beat Golden State, which, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I agree, but I understand, I understand why someone would feel that way. You feel me? Like, it does make sense. They was cooking. So, I can see it. You know what I mean? Um... I had Rondo on my list, man. I told you already he's an honorable, honorable mention. But I had Rondo. I had uh, Rose on there and Tony Parker. I had to take them all off. But, yeah, man, next up, John Stockton. Some of y'all might have seen me on social media so-called, like, hating on John Stockton, saying how he really got cooked in today's NBA. Well, he's a very small guard. So all that, uh, all that uh, first-team defense shit and all that shit, like, I don't think he would have got all that shit in today's NBA. There's no fucking way. You know what I mean? Plus, you know, all the switching and stuff like that, they're going to switch him off, guys, so he's never guarding the best ball handler and or score on an opposing team, which would take away from what he can bring defensively. And they would also do a lot of switches and shit and have him guard guys like Kobe, T-Mac, LeBron, KD, Harden. It was uh, not Harden because uh, he don't really go down low like that. But you know what I mean? The guys who can post up and shit like that. They look like a switch type shit and have him guarding those guys. And since he's so small, I think he would get ate up in today's NBA. Mm. Excuse me. But, yet and still, overall, he'll be successful in any um, 
any era because he can do everything. You know what I'm saying? He's a tough guard too, so he can just <laughs> let somebody just you know post him up crazy. <laughs> he won't give it just as much as it comes. You feel me? So yeah, I got John Stockton on there. Uh, next up, we got Kevin Johnson. He never gets talked about. If you don't know who he is, it's a highlight. You can see him dunking on Jordan with his left hand. Nah, wait, time out. That was John Starks. That was Starks. <laughs> but still, Kevin Johnson played for uh played with uh, uh the Phoenix Suns. Um, they had a nice ass squad. He could shoot. He could defend. He could finish good. He had a nice ball handle. I feel he's one of the guys who are a little advanced for the time he played in, actually. And uh, man, he was he was getting a job done. So Kevin Johnson definitely on my list. After that, we got a two way player who played back in the day. For everybody who felt like I be hating on guys who played way way back then, <laughs> it's not that. It's just do I feel you could be successful as successful if you played in multiple different eras. And a lot of those guys from the sixties and seventies, I don't think they could be. But Sidney Moncrief. And some guys, a lot of guys in the 80s also, I don't feel they could be. Even the 90s, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I feel like the game really evolved a lot more when the 2000s hit. That's when that shit really, the whole league's athletic and all that shit. It just changed, you know what I'm saying? Um, Sidney Moncrief, man, two-way player, old school. He's on my list. After that, we got Dennis Johnson, two-way point guard. Uh... I think he ended up being a coach, I want to say, man, or assistant coach or something like that. But he obviously knows the game. You can see how he played the game. He's a real, real point guard, boy, had defense and everything. So I couldn't see no reason why he couldn't be successful successful in multiple areas. So I got him on there. Followed by Zeke, Isaiah Thomas, of course. I mean, look, there's certain guys that be like, if I write their name down, it's almost like, duh. Like, everyone's going to have them on their list. Whether it's top 75, it would use in my methods, using my criteria, or doing it the way that it was done through the NBA, there's no way you don't have Zeke, you know what I'm saying, Isaiah Thomas, on your top 75. So he's on there. Steve Nash on the original list, he's also on mine. Uh, Gary Payton, original list, also on mine. He is a slept-on point guard. He was a fucking beast. Like, for real, for real, Gary Payton was cold, like nasty. Talk shit, and I talk shit in the court too. So I, I love that about him. I love seeing any player that can go out there against one of the best ever, MJ, and beat all up in his shit. You know what I'm saying? Being aggressive with him, wanting that defense challenge, even though he had a little injury and the coach didn't want him guarding MJ. He took on that challenge and, you know, held MJ to a not so good game one, for one or two games in a row. You know what I mean? When the Bulls got smart, Phil, of course, told MJ, yo. I know you want to average 100 points, but fuck all that. Get a ball to Pippen since they couldn't Peyton on you, and we're going to work like that. And then the Bulls came back. They ended up fucking them up, you know what I'm saying? Two more games in a row, three games in a row. It went like that. But Gary Payton definitely on my list. Uh, Mr. Triple-Double, the real Mr. Triple-Double, because I don't really fuck with Westbrook Triple-Doubles like that. And since the last person I mentioned on my list is Oscar Robinson as far as point guards, obviously I don't have Westbrook on my list. You know what I'm saying? Say I don't know basketball, whatever. This is my criteria. This is how I view the shit. He's 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 a good player, man. And it's hard for me not to say I wouldn't want Westbrook on my team, but he's too fucking out of control, bro. And he's lost with too many 
very, very cold players where it's like, at some point you got to be like, okay, it's it's him. Like, it's him. It is what it is. It's Westbrook. Like, it's, he's the disease with every team he's been on that wasn't successful other than the Wizards. He probably made them actually better and took them further than they would have went without him. Not saying the other team he was on with KD and shit. I don't know, because maybe some team would have been better without him also. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But Oscar Robinson, Mr. Triple Double, he's on my list. Um, for all reasons, we all know about Big O. So, yeah. Next up, maybe move into the shooting guards, the most exciting position in the NBA, history-wise. More, the more flashy guys, as far as, you know, they're a little bit more above the rim. Shit like that. Even though I got some uh, some straight snipers on my list, you know what I mean? But, yes, yeah, so we're going to start off with an old-school cat, Cry Drexler. Another person that people would probably say I'd be hating on because they'd be like, yo, people say MJ didn't go against nobody. Uh, what about Clyde Drexler? And like, Drexler was nice. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like Drexler started to fall off kind of quick. It didn't last that long. You know what I'm saying? Like, when him and MJ starts really like to, to uh, really battle and shit like that, I feel like I don't know, man. Drexler just wasn't that no more. He just, he just, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. He a top, one of the top shooting guards ever. I do feel that way, but let me just say it like this. Fuck it. If Drexler was the uh, big comp for Mike, cool. But if that's the case, though, then he might have been some of the only real comp that Mike had a shooting guard. But either way. Clyde Drexler, he uh topping off my mouth. This is no particular order, but Clyde Drexler's topping off my top 15 for the shooting guards, you know what I'm saying? After that, uh, I never hear people talk about my man's. Like, they never talk about him, but he was nice, man. He probably the when you think about a player wearing a face mask in the NBA, I feel like everybody think about the same dude. Like when I think about a person coming off the screens and just catching and shooting. Like, consistently over and over and moving off ball. The first guy I remember doing that shit a lot. It's not really Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller, I'm sorry. It's not uh, um, Ray Allen. or uh, It's not none of these guys. Like, the person I looked at, who I remember seeing that with first and being like, yo, how does he keep getting open? And that's what I realized about the whole off-ball screen shit and how it really set players up and where it's like, oh, you can average 15-plus without really dribbling. And you can still get it. But that's Rip Hamilton, man. Like, shout out to Rip Hamilton, man. He's a good defender. You know what I'm saying? He actually could dribble pretty good. Everything. He was, he could do a little bit of everything, but his special, his specialty was catch and shoot. And he was great at doing that. He always moved without, without the ball. You know what I'm saying? Craig Space or some Craig Thompson type shit. Um, and yeah, the Pistons offense, if that's what it was, or if it was just because they had Rip and they knew what he was a bit, a, uh, capable of doing as far as catching and shooting, I don't know, but they ran a lot of, off-ball screens to get him open, and he did what he's supposed to do, which was catch it and shoot that motherfucker. But enough about Rip Hamilton, man. He was he was a beast. I fucked with him. And without a super team or any real superstars, they beat the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq, and they you know they had no superstars. So big ups to all the players on that team: Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Rasheed, all them boys, man. Big up to them. Tayshawn Prince. He's just crossed my mind, and I don't have... Okay, I might have fucked up on my small forward list. But yeah, anybody on... I'm going to go... I'm going to go my next player, which is Sam Jones. 
old school guy. I, and I'm gonna be real. I did my research, but there was certain guys I was just writing off because they were old school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I started this research like months ago. Uh, research for a couple of days on it. That shit got exhausting. I stopped for like months. And then after being on Facebook, having conversations with people and shit, like it made me want to, it made me want to, uh, record again. You know what I'm saying? And research again. So I did my research and long story short, Sam Jones was a man. He was. But I can't, I can't hit on dude. Like, like I say, man, I'm not just, I'm not, Keeping people off the list just because they played in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, whatever it may be. That's not my thing. I'm not trying to do that, right? What I'm doing is saying if you could be successful in multiple eras, then you deserve to be on the NBA top 75 list. But if you only were the kind of player who could be successful in the area you played in, then you shouldn't be on the list. So I tried to write off Sam Jones, but I did my research and he belongs on there. Next up, we got Earl Monroe, old school player. Don't want to go too deep into it because everybody know about uh, Earl Pearl, you know what I'm saying? He did his thing. Um, historic player. So, he's on the list. Followed by How, How, uh, How Greer. Another old school cat who I wanted to write off. But, once again, I did my research. I had to stop bullshitting. I did my research, right? And come to find out, he was a beast. I think he would have been successful in any area he played in. So, how Grizz on there? Now, let me let me get to my uh, first row for real, for real, because this is where this is where the obvious shit, man. Let me knock him out real quick. One of the best shooting guards, one of the best players ever, Kobe Bean Bryant. Of course, he's on the list. I was never a huge Kobe fan, but I'm fucking realistic, and the truth is, yes, Kobe's on the list, man. He's one of the best shooting guards ever. Um, top two. It's between him and uh, MJ. Top two. You know, pick you know, pick which one you want, but they are very similar players. And I ain't gonna lie, I give the edge to Kobe. I ain't gonna lie. I think Kobe's a little better than MJ all around because uh, all their skills are damn near equal. You feel me? Except MJ was more efficient. You know what I'm saying? But all their skills were just about equal, except on Kobe's end of it. He can shoot from three-point range better. So, it's kind of pick your poison, you know what I'm saying? But uh, my other top 15 shooting guards, got Kobe up there. No particular order, no particular order. Kobe's up there. I got MJ, of course, one of the best players ever. So, of course, he's one of the best shooting guards ever. Don't got to go too deep into that. Everybody know what he did. Six-time in the NBA Finals. Six-time Finals MVP. Six NBA motherfucking rings. That shit sounds like a fairy tale, like a movie type shit. Don't seem real. But unfortunately for niggas like LeBron, it's real. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Followed by my boy and my favorite player ever to play in the NBA, Tracy motherfucking McGrady. Look, I don't give a fuck how much T-Mac got injured. When he was out there, niggas knew he was out there. Like, T-Mac was, T-Mac was T-Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kobe was killing, I remember games where, a specific game where T-Mac and Kobe played. Lakers won, but one of them had 38 points, the other one had 41 points. You don't get that shit in the NBA today no more. Like, when the Stars, we battle and guard each other, 
Today they call screens to get the mismatches and shit, which is smart basketball, don't get me wrong. So I don't hate the shit. I don't want to say that. I can't hate the NBA for getting smarter. You know what I'm saying? That's smart. But I do miss the times where mano y mano, your superstar against my superstar, let's see what happens. And him and Kobe did that shit, and that shit was nice. One had 38, one had 41. I don't want to say who had what, because I can't remember. But they damn near scored the most, the, uh, uh, the same amount. They were going at each other all game. It was beautiful, man. I, I love that shit, man. It was like, you don't get that anymore. The last time really seeing that shit, I feel like might have been with uh, Ron and KD to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? In the finals. Um, and, and head to head, you know what I'm saying? KD hit some daggers, you know what I mean? So KD won that battle. Once again, I'm a Bron fan, but I'm realistic. KD won the battle. It is what it is. Um, next up, we got Dwayne Wade. He's another one, man. It's like, if it worked for, and it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be like, oh, well, if he didn't play in the league, he didn't play, then I'll be the best. You can't say that, but. If it wasn't for Kobe and MJ, then Dwayne Wade would probably be the best shooting guard ever. You feel me? Um, I got him as the third best shooting guard ever to play in the NBA. And uh, he's definitely one of the top 15 shooting guards. So he's on my list. Motherfucking Reggie Miller. I was not a Jordan fan, right? So even when you see my list, you'll see me name guys who really had problems against Jordan. And I was huge fans of them because I felt they had the teams where I thought they could beat the Bulls. Didn't happen. We all know that. And they're not only on my list because I did. I wasn't an MJ fan, and they lost MJ. But the way they performed against MJ also made me more a fan of them also. So, Reggie Miller, man. Sniper. Sniper. Another one of, uh, like I said, Rip Hamilton was one I've seen come off the screens a lot. I feel like i see him doing more than Miller. But... That's another one of the first one of the first guys that you know I've seen um coming off the screens and shit like that a lot on ball screen and realizing that there were other ways to score while playing basketball without having the ball in your hand, without being the primary ball handler. Like that was one of the guys who helped me realize that shit. You know what I'm saying? So Reggie Miller's on there. I'm gonna fly through a couple of them. Uh Jerry West, logo. You know he's on there. Everybody know what he did. Ray Allen. He came in. It was one of the guys that people uh, said could be the next MJ. Um, it may sound funny to a lot of you young dudes. I don't know if you watching. Real quick, whoever on Twitch watching uh, in the chat, let me get your age in the chat real quick. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, like, how you view Ray Allen. Like, you might know him as just a sniper, and that's it. But he came to the league. People kind of compare him to Jordan a little bit and say he'd be the next MJ. Ray Allen had a ball handle. He was dunking on niggas. Like, Ray Ray was cold. You know what I'm saying? He Got Game was a movie, but that shit wasn't no movie. Like, he was really like that, for real. So, yeah, whoever on Twitch right now, I'm going to try to involve you in conversation soon if you want to be. But, yeah, uh, write your um, your age in the chat for me, though. Please and thank you. But next up on the list, Manu Ginobili. That motherfucker was a beast. I think he was the first guy I seen, you know, doing the, the Euro step drag foot type, you know what I'm saying, side steps and shit. He might have been the first one. We all seen doing that shit consistently. I feel like he brought that to the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. Like, if not, 
then he was probably the pioneer pioneer of it. You know what I'm saying? Like he he was the one that really pushed it and made it more of a thing. He got rings. Battle against Kobe. Wasn't scared to guard Kobe. Wasn't scared to guard T-Mac. Like, Ginobili was just a man, so I really fuck with him. Uh, Pistol Pete. A lot of people might be like, Pistol Pete, you got that shooting guard. Like I said, I researched everybody, you know what I'm saying, and it was kind of 50-50. Sometimes he was just a point guard, sometimes a shooting guard. So with some guys who were like that, what I did was, since I wanted them on the list, I just put them where it was easier to put them. You know what I mean? Like, point guard was so stacked, and he's listed as shooting guard half the time. I said, fuck it. I'm going to just put him with the shooting guards because that's stacked too, but I can get him in there a little easier than I can get him in with the point guards, and he deserves to be there. So I did it like that, Pistol Pete. Followed by Vince Carter, who also was listed as small four, depending where you look. But yeah, I got Vince on there. Vince was cold, man. I feel like he was never able to really put it all together. You know what I'm saying? Like, Vince was a beast, but at one point, he had a pretty good ball handle, or a decent ball handle, and he was real athletic and could finish around the rim real good. But he wasn't shooting that good. And then when he developed more of a jump shot, I don't remember Vince having major injuries or nothing, but I remember he developed more of a jump shot, which is something smart to do. It's smart to do when you are athletic, get to the rim, finish your type person. At some point, you have to get your jump shot going because you're not always going to be explosive and shit like that to keep doing it. So, yeah, he developed a more mid-range game and three-point shot, and I feel like he wasn't as aggressive going to the rim anymore. Like, when he did it, he did his shit. He was He dunked on morning. Shit like that. He was when he did it, he did it. Like you knew he was there. But at the same time, when he learned how to shoot better, he started to shoot more than attack. You know what I'm saying? So he never put it all together, and I feel like that's part of the reason why, you know what I'm saying, I still got guys like D Wade and T Mac higher than him when it comes to all time shooting guards. But he's on my top fifteen though. Followed by Oh, I already did the uh, first. Okay, I did that already. So, we're going to move on to the small fours. We're going to kick it off with one of the best small fours ever. ever. I'm going to give you the top three small fours ever in no particular order. KD. Out of every player ever to play in the NBA, I feel like Kevin Durant might be the best scorer ever. The reason being is he can shoot efficient from all three levels on the court and he's seven feet with a high release. So you're not blocking a shot. And he knows this. So he's shooting very comfortable. You know what I'm saying? He's, he don't take bad shots, but he's like, he's, he's calm with it. He's patient with him. Force up shit. Like, Kevin Durant is probably the most complete scorer ever in the NBA. Seven foot with a, a good ball handle could pull up on you. Could uh, jab stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hit a jump shot on you. Come down. Like, all around score. He can fade away on you. You know what I'm saying? Get your rim finished. Like, KD is the best scoring score ever in the NBA, in my opinion. So you're going to kick it off with KD first at the small four, my top 15, followed by my, uh, it's crazy, man. I still say T-Mac is my favorite player ever. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. I, like, I don't know if I ever let that shit go, but Bron is definitely number two if he ain't number one. You know what I'm saying? But you're yeah, right now in the league, since he's been in the league, basically, Bron has been my favorite player. But, uh, yeah, LeBron James, man, to me, the best player ever to uh, lace him up. You feel me? If you feel like it's Jordan, 
I understand that. I can make an argument with you for Jordan. In the same sense, I feel I can make a valid argument for in, for uh, LeBron also. I'm realistic. I'm not biased. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people who are fans of someone, they're biased. And in all reality, for me, I do understand why someone might say MJ over LeBron. If you say anyone else, then you just eat dick. You a hater. You, you hate LeBron for some reason. You say Kobe... To a certain extent, yes, I can understand why you might say Kobe too. But if you, if you say, say anyone over Bron other than Kobe and MJ, maybe you hate. Bottom line, that's just all it is. Because he's a, he's a threat to MJ's throne. That's why people really hate him a lot, and that's how I feel about that. But uh, followed by Bron, we got Larry Bird. And you know what? I'm gonna be honest again. Some. Say he is the best small forward ever. No one, but no one says he's the best player ever. Some say LeBron is the best small forward ever, and some say he's the best player ever. To me, that puts LeBron over Larry Bird because Bird's not in the GOAT discussion. LeBron is. So, how could Bird be the best small forward ever if there's another small forward? Who's in the GOAT conversation? So that kind of kills that. If you understand what I'm saying. Like that kind of kills that. Larry Bird is not the best small forward ever. But if some feel that way, like you probably an old head, but you're older than me. You know what I'm saying? So because of that, I understand. I get it. You're old head. You seen him play. I get it. A more physical era, you feel like blah blah blah. I got you, man. Cool. Uh, we're gonna move on. We got, uh, who was it? Who was that? The Claw, Kawhi Leonard. He on there because, because skill-wise, he's just a beast. Like, he's pretty much a three-level scorer also. You know what I'm saying? How I was saying KD was. He has one of the, um, one of the best mid-range games in the league right now. You know what I'm saying? DeRozan, probably number one. But, uh, yeah, I'll say, um, Kawhi got one of the best mid-range games. The thing with him is, man, is these injuries and shit like that that's been piling, piling up these past few years. And I don't know. So he got rings, everything. Like, the ring with San Antonio, right? Like, he was a major part of that. But, like, how do I put this? He was a major part of that, right? But in the same sense, the driving force was guys like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili. It was more of those guys, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I could see why someone may take Kawhi off for someone else, maybe. Using my criteria, you got you to have him on there. But using the way the NBA does it, or the way that I'll right, play like this. If you feel like if a guy's hurt too much, then he can't be on there. Or you, if you bring injuries into it, health into it, then I can see why Kawhi might not be on your list. You feel me? And then take into consideration that one of his rings, the one with San Antonio, uh, well, we got two with him. Either way, his rings with San Antonio, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't the, the pushing force, so the driving force. So, yeah, um, moving on. We got Dr. J, pioneer. Um, some say he was Jordan before Jordan. I don't agree. 
I think people just say that shit because of his athletic, athletic ability. But, like, Jordan had a killer mid-range game, and defense is crazy, too. So, like, Dr. J didn't have those things. So he's not Jordan before Jordan. Uh, we're going to move on to another great defender. You know, I'm going to offer talking about Dr. J, but Jordan's defense. Another great defender, we're going to say Scotty Pimpin. Yes, sir. The thing about Pippen, offensively, he was limited. And I feel like he scored because the position he played in small forward, he was so much taller than guys, and he had the long-ass arms. He would post the motherfuckers up and hit them with a little, you know what I'm saying, little flips and skyhooks and all that shit like that. Like, he was doing all that shit like that. And, uh, and then in the, on the break, he could finish real good, you know what I'm saying? So, scoring-wise, he couldn't score in a bunch of ways, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't a consistent shooter, none of that shit like that. Um... But yeah, Pippa was nice though. The defense was so good, it's hard to uh it's hard to uh to not put him on the list like off of that damn near by yourself. Moving on, Dominique Wilkins. That's no dude who if if some was like based off my criteria or the NBA criteria, if some felt he shouldn't be on the list. I could understand it because I have some guys in honorable mentions who, you know what I'm saying, maybe you'll make an argument for, you know what I mean? But Dominique Wilkins, followed by Carmelo Anthony, who never won anything, you know what I'm saying? And it was hard for me not to put him on the list, as you see he made. But another guy who, you know, if we're talking about skills, you feel me? Like what they bring to a team. There's players at small four who are, you know, who could be on this list over Ben Melo because outside of scoring, he doesn't bring much of anything else. You know what I'm saying? Um, moving on to a similar guy, goddamn, Paul Pierce. But he got rings, which partly to do is he played with better teams than Melo. You know what I'm saying? So they got some shit to do with it. But, yeah, Paul Pierce made the list. Followed by James Worthy, Chris Mullen. Who I feel a lot of people don't even know about. Like, um, you know, y'all probably don't know about him, Mark Jackson, uh, the boys like that. But Rick Smith, who was a bit, he was kind of a 7 4 bum, honestly. I, Rick Smith wasn't that good. 7 3, 7 5, 7 tall as hell. He wasn't that good, though, but he was whatever. And then uh, we got Grant Hill. If he, that's another guy who they looked at, like, oh, he could be a next Jordan. They said that shit about a lot of guys, and most. Of them, I feel like, turned out to be really good players. And some turned out to be great players, but nothing like MJ. Red Hill was fucking cold, though. Another one that was bit by the injury bug. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I can see why some may not have them top 15, small four ever. But, hey, man, Red Hill was a beast. Another thing about Red Hill I love is the fact that he came back from injury. Was not the same player, but he adjusted and was still getting a job done. What about one thing about Grant Hill? I hate is um, I thought he was gonna come back healthy when he came to Orlando to play with my boy T Mac, but he didn't stay healthy and Orlando didn't do much of anything. But if him and T Mac could have been healthy together, I guarantee you, like they would have went to some Eastern Conference Finals more than one. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't see them being both healthy. More than one playoff run, they both was some, you know, injury type dudes. And by the time Grant Hill got more consistently healthy, 
he was a little bit older and, you know, T-Mac had moved on to Houston. Where T-Mac could have won a ring also, but he got hurt. Man, it's fucked up. He had y'all run our test. They was battling the Lakers. They took the Lakers in seven games. And, uh, man, I think that series, did T-Mac get hurt or did y'all get hurt? They're both injury prone, too. T-Mac was always hurt, and he always had a teammate on his team who was nice also who was hurt. You know what I'm saying? So, like, T-Mac she was fucked up, but we got T-Mac again. I keep, um, James Worthy, Chris Mullen, Grant Hill, uh, Adrian, Dantley, Paul, Arisen. Them two dudes, I try to, once again, it was a couple people who I kind of try to force off the list, and both of them were some of them. I see the name, I'm like, oh, these niggas is getting off. Like, they played way back. Oh, I did more research on them, you know what I'm saying? Look the numbers up, and, uh, uh, their college career, NBA career. Uh, the accolades, and kind of find out. I think them boys would have been successful in multiple gener- multiple eras. So they on the list. Fuck it. Followed by the wrap it up. Bernard King that wraps up my top fifteen small forwards. I got a few honorable mentions which I should have did for every position, but I didn't. But I got uh, Rick Barry, Paul George, and John Havlicek. Man, don't hit on Paul George, man. Like for real. Hmm. Name 15 small stores better than Paul George. Like, for real. Anybody, for real. Like, I got to see your list if you can name 15. I know hitting the side of the backboard and all that, whatever that shit, the goofy shit he did. Like, you know what I mean? I get it. But you can't give me 15 small stores better than him skill-wise. So, moving on to the power fours, big man down low. I like all-around guys. Remember I said uh, at the beginning, part of my criteria is the fact that can you be successful in multiple NBA eras? If you can only be successful in your era, that takes away from the way I view you. You feel me? Like, if you can only be successful in your era, that means you go to any other era, you get an eight. If that's the case, you can't be on my list. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So, damn, that's how that one gonna go. Um, KG, probably the best power forward ever. Um, that's gonna end up changing. You know what I'm saying? Those guys like AD, if he was healthy, you know what I'm saying? Guys like that who can do so many things in the court. Uh, Giannis. Which, ooh, he might be the best power. He's a power forward. Yeah, he is a power forward, not small forward. Uh, but, yeah, um, right now I'm still getting KG, man. KG best. No, no, whoa, I'm tripping. KG is the first person I made on my list. The best power forward ever is Tim a. Tim Duncan. Quiet on the court. Wasn't flashy. You're never going to say, ooh, ah. You're not, looking, you're not looking for his highlights. I guarantee if you go to motherfucking YouTube and look up uh, Tim Duncan top 10 plays, the views on that shit is either super low because motherfuckers know he ain't doing nothing spectacular or they're super high because motherfuckers looking it up and they're, they're laughing like, this shit crazy as fuck. He was really killing out here just doing uh, uh, pivot, pivot off the back door. Like, he really was just Going strong, simple dunk. Run down court, no expression. Like, 
it wasn't exciting, but Tim Duncan, best power forward ever. We're going to go down to my boy Dirk. Uh, hey, man, you, you put a LeBron-led team out of the championship. The LeBron, <laughs> the, the, the Heatles, LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Balls, you know, they weren't the favorites. And once again, like, I won money betting against the Heat. No, in my head, thinking y'all was gonna win because I thought y'all had a more complete team experience, and y'all was hot for the playoffs. Y'all beat who y'all beat, man. I think y'all beat the Spurs between the Spurs, the Suns, and Lakers. Y'all beat at least two of those teams on y'all way to the finals. So, whoever was feeling like, oh yeah, LeBron, Balls, Wade, they got it like that shit. Nah, it wasn't going like that. It didn't go like that. You feel me? Tim Duncan, moving on. We're gonna, we're gonna speed up a little bit. Moving on. Kevin McHale, some of the best post moves ever. He actually came to Minnesota and taught KG a bunch of post shit. I respect that because KG post game was nice, which, like I say, he learned a lot of that shit from Kevin McHale. Footwork and everything. Um, Dennis Rodman. These days, you got to have a, a, a power forward that can stretch the floor, right? But there is such thing as being so good at what you do to where that shit don't even matter. You feel me? I feel Dennis Rodman could play in any fucking era. He could be the fucking small forward, power forward, or the center in any era. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, that's just how I feel. So, Dennis Rodman. We gonna move on to my man Street Clothes. Street Clothes? Anthony Davis. Talk about me funny as hell. Call that man street clothes because he always injured. So he'd be on the sideline and fucking street clothes. That shit do funny as shit. Anthony fucking Davis, man. Skill-wise, of course, you're up there. You let me down with all these injuries and shit, so we're going to move on past you real quick. Now on to the top fucking... He, he's the top five power forward ever. I'm going to say that before his career is done. You know what I mean? I'm going to wait till his shit's all the way through before I give him number one or two. But, um... Giannis Antetokounmpo. Try saying this shit three times fast. Goddamn. Uh, for the most part, all around player can do everything except shoot the ball. I like the fact that he's not like Ben Simmons where he know he can't shoot, so he's not going to shoot that motherfucker. I didn't see an air ball come down to another one. I respect all that shit. You feel me? He, he, he ain't scared like fucking Ben Simmons, so I'm fucking with Follow my Followed by Draymond Green. There you go. If he can get... His three-point shot back. It would be hard to not have him in the top five power forwards ever. You feel me? Like Draymond Cole, but to me he got get he got a little get that three-point shot the percentage up a little bit. And uh, even without it, I ain't gonna lie. Even without it, man, he's a big part of Golden State's success. I feel like without him, Golden State don't got. Mm. I almost want to say they don't have none of them rings. Not including the KD rings. Because the KD rings would have still happened. That was just a crazy-ass squad. But outside of the KD rings, Golden State might not have any rings without Draymond. That's, that's, I'm going to say, that's facts. Fuck it. Without Draymond, Golden State would not have any rings outside of the KD era. Bam. Moving on to my boy Charles Barkley. He get hate on a lot because he all goofy on TV and shit, but he all, you know, chunky and shit like that. But Barkley was a beast. So, yeah, he's in my top 15 power forwards. Another person that kind of get hated on, and I don't know if it's like on some 
black ball for the NBA because of his like drug habits and he just you know his weight issues and shit. Like I don't know what it is, man. But or maybe he ain't good on TV. I don't know. But Sean Kemp, man, didn't have a long, super productive career because you know his weight issues. You know what I'm saying? But you know after he left, uh, after he left uh, Seattle, he kind of fell off. You know, in a, in a way, he kind of fell off compared to what he was. But Sean Kemp definitely a top fifteen power forward ever. If you ask me. He's the best in-game dunker ever. That man, Sean Kemp, was throwing down dunk contest dunks in the game. You feel me? And don't point out Vince Carter because he dunked over a seven-footer one time. You know what I mean? Like, that's impressive. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, you say it's Vince because of that one dunk. I can say it's Sean Kemp because he cradled dunk on a nigga. You feel me? I can say it's Sean Kemp because he got a rebound, took one bounce, and <laughs> reverse dunked on a nigga. Like, it's just different levels to this shit. You feel me? So, Sean Kemp, on my top 15 power fours ever, and uh, the best in-game dunker ever. Followed up by the mailman, Carl Malone. What the fuck was his goddamn celebration? It was so stupid. What the fuck did Carl Malone do? Oh, my God. I know that he would dunk. He would dunk. He would... He uh he'll he'll be dribbling and put his hand behind his head and dunk it. That was his little shit. But what was his celebration though? Whatever it was, the mailman, he was a nice little, you know what I'm saying, power forward. He had a mid-range game, he had good defense, he could rebound. Uh pick and roll shot stocked it was fucking disgusting. And with the NBA schemes today, I don't think that anyone would let them get that shit off. But yeah, I'm fucking with John Stockton and Carl Malone. So yeah, Carl Malone made my top fifteen. Followed him up by Elvin Hayes, legendary player. Y'all know what he do. Paul Gasol, who some might say is a center. But as I kept looking this shit up, he was listed as both. I said, fuck it, man. I'm going to throw him at power forward because, you know what I'm saying, he did play power forward a lot. And he his skill-wise is more of a power forward also. So that's what I did for that one. Uh, Chris Webber, one of the most entertaining power forwards Maybe players ever to play in the game. Chris Webber was cold as fuck. Nice ball handle. He had nice little dimes and shit. Dunking on motherfuckers, getting little block shots to rebound. Little midi. You know what I mean? Like, Chris Webber was nice as fuck. And last but not least, a man who does not get talked about at all. I've been watching this motherfucker for like 10 years, right? And I never could figure out that he had a big ass ball spot in his head. Or was it a great spot? Rashid motherfucking Wallace. That boy was a beast. He can get you down low in the post, a little high, a little fadeaway, a little, you know what I mean? Uh, on 2K, you might use his jump shot, whoever play 2K. If you got a big man, it's a real high release and shit like that. So that shit worked good. Rashid got ring with uh, Detroit, shit like that. So definitely fucking Rashid. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the big man in... The centers might have been the hardest list to make. The reason being, finding 15 centers that I felt was like cold as hell wasn't the easiest thing to do. And like I said, one part of my criteria list is the fact that could you be successful in multiple areas? So that kind of hurts certain guys. But uh, yeah, the center list. Starting off with the motherfucker who... Probably the first to do it, but who we all know for doing doing the shit, breaking the motherfucking rim, 
Big Shaq. Uh, some may say the best center ever. I don't think that's a popular thing to say. I don't know. But one of the best centers ever for sure. Shaq, followed by another one of the best centers ever. Of course, we don't have some Lakers up here. Like everybody knows Lakers have had some of the matter of fact, I think every position on my list has at least one Laker. Might fuck around have uh two in a couple of different positions. So it's a reason why Lakers and the same for Boston. Why Lakers in Boston have more rings than anybody else? This is my list or the real the uh, NBA's list. The real shit. Either criteria is gonna tell you the same shit. Like Lakers in Boston have some of the great greatest players ever. So if you were part of those teams, even if you weren't great, of course you got a whole bunch of rings. And that's why that's not a big big part of my criteria. It's not a big part. It's part of it. It's not like one of the main parts where it's like. Oh, he got four rings. He got five rings. Yeah, he in there. Like, it's not... That's just not how... No, nah, I'm not doing it like that. So, Kareem, followed by who I would say is the best center ever. Like, just to me, because watching him play, he was cold as fuck. He was a flashy center in a way. <clears throat> and, like, sometimes it was like he was doing too much, but it always worked out, though. You know what I'm saying? Hakeem, the dream, Olajuwon. No one really talks about him. That shit's a little weird to me. Like, Hakeem was cold, so I don't really get that shit. And as my podcast grows and shit like that, I'm going to push, you know what I'm saying, people to do a little more research on these guys. Because, like, with injury retired, y'all do understand that Kareem, I mean, I'm sorry, that Hakeem Olajuwon got two rings. So it's safe to say that he was the second best player in the league to only Michael Jordan. Think about that. When he played, he was in the league the same time as Jordan, right? He got his only two rings when Jordan was not in the league when he was hired for two years, right? So it's safe to say that Hakeem Olajuwon was the second best player in the league behind only Michael Jordan. If that's the case, how is he not the best big man ever? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of, you know, this, it's kind of, I look at shit a little different. You know what I mean? If that's the case, like, you got, and if he's not the best big man ever, then is he two? Is he three? Like, where is he at? Just let me know. Because if you got him two or three, I could understand, I guess, you know what I'm saying? But he's number one to me. Uh, followed by who you might have number one or two. Wilt is still Chamberlain. Then we got Patrick Ewing. We're going to go through a little bit. A lot of people hate on Big China, man. But Yao Ming. We got Moses Malone. Bill Russell. David Robinson. George Mikan. Willis Reed. Bill Walton, who almost didn't make my list. I actually want to have my honorable mention. Nikola Jokic on the list over Bill Walton. Fuck what y'all talking about. I get the rings, all that shit like that, but... Bill Walton was out there tackling motherfuckers. Like, that was a big part of his job. You feel me? Like, elbow niggas and shit. That's not a skill. But, yeah. Uh, Bill Walton. Nate Thurman. Dikembe Mutombo. 
Give niggas that finger. Y'all seen that shit in the commercial for you young motherfuckers who don't know what's going on. And then, like I say, uh, honorable mention was Nikola Jokic. Now, look. <clears throat> there are people... Like that, that's, that's, that's my list. Now, as much as you might not like my list, this is the part where I name a few guys who are on the list who is like... When you say that Dwight Howard or T-Mac or whoever it may be, like, hell no, nah, there's no way you can replace any of these guys with T-Mac or Dwight Howard. Yo, I'm going to read you some guys who I can make an argument shouldn't be on this list. Number one, and really, it's in no particular order. It's just like, I just, you know what I'm saying, put the names down, did my research on each one, and went from there. Number one, Hal Greer. Whether he's on my list or not, <coughs> which I don't think he is, to be honest with you. Let me, let me check it up. Let me, let me see. Make sure I ain't fucked that up. That would be a good way to do Yeah, he's not on my list. Right, because he shouldn't be. But he's on the list in real life. And this is what he did. This motherfucker averaged 19 points a game, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 10-time All-Star, 1-time NBA champ, 1-time Defensive Player of the Year award. That's like nothing. It's not It's not weak, but it's nothing It's nothing special. It's, it's, it's just like, oh, he was a good player, like. But top 75, you tell me Clay Thompson couldn't be in here before him? Or maybe you feel like Clay Thompson got to do this shit for a couple more years. You tell me if if he could do this shit and be in there, then how could T-Mac not be in there with his, his uh, what do you got? How could T-Mac, like once, okay, let me read him again. How good, right? He got 19 points a game, five rebounds per game, four assists per game, 10-time All-Star, one-time NBA champ, one-time Defensive Player Award. Then you got Trace McGrady. We all know he was injured all the time, so he shouldn't be there. Uh, no, motherfucker. Listen, T-Mac, seven-time All-Star compared to dudes 10. Okay. Most improved, most improved player, two-time NBA scoring title, all-time first-team NBA twice. In all-time, uh, second-team NBA three times. So, look, he averaged 22 points, I mean, 19 points per game, five-and-a-half assists, four-and-a-half, I mean, five-and-a-half rebounds, four-and-a-half assists, one steal, one block. What does this dude got that T-Mac don't got? One NBA ring. Three more all-star selections. In a defensive player award. T-Mac got two scoring titles. And he made all team NBA. First team. Twice. And second team. Three times. Most improved player. Like T-Mac has more accolades than him. The only accolade that dude has. That's like a, a, a big one that T-Mac don't have. And it's a big one. Is the NBA championship. But that is a team award. So how does that put him over T-Mac? Just one example of a guy who, like, could be replaced. In the person that I would be willing to replace him with. 
Oh, we got, uh, who we got? Number two, Robert Parrish. This is one of the biggest ones where it's like, how he on the list, but not Dwight Howard. You know what I'm saying? Robert Parrish, 14 and a half points per game, nine rebounds per game, one and a half blocks per game. Let's start right there. Off of just those stats, if a guy's giving you that for the career, off of just that alone, do you look at him as one of the best players ever? He averaged less than 15 points per game, less than 10 runs. Players ever? He averaged less than 15 points per game, less than 10 rebounds per game. Just off of that, obviously no. Which means the things that put him above it is the fact that he was a nine-time All-Star, a four-time NBA champ, one-time All-NBA second and third team. He averaged over 11 rebounds or more twice in his career. Only two times he averaged 11 or more rebounds. Only two times in his whole career. Like... Then you got Dwight Howard. But he got four rings. It was part of a Celtics dynasty. So, you gotta put him there. Like, nah, that's not how shit worked to me. We're saying who, what player is better than the other player. Not what player played with the better team, motherfucker. Like, that's not what the question is, right? So, compare that to Dwight Howard, who is a one-time NBA champ a five-time All-NBA defensive team, eight-time NBA All-Star, three-time defensive player of the year, averaged 18 points, 13 rebounds, and two blocks per game for his career. Let me just put this shit side by side. Parrish averaged 14.5 points, nine rebounds, 1.5 blocks. Howard averaged 18 points, 13 rebounds, 2.1 blocks. Off the numbers, there's no question who's the better player. Off of just that right there. Then you got nine all-star selections for Paris. You got eight all-star selections for Howard. It's, it's about equal. You know what I'm saying? One difference. You got four-time champ with Paris. You only got one with Howard. So once again, what, what, what's the pattern we're seeing so far? We talk to name these people off, right? You name it, you're noticing that. The common thing is the NBA rings is what's putting people over guys who aren't on the list. And the thing about that that I don't like is the fact that an NBA championship is a team award. If you're not like that main guy or at least the second guy, those NBA championships are less part of the way I'm evaluating you. You know what I'm saying? If you were the main guys on the teams that won the championships, that would take those into consideration more than if you were a guy come off the bench, so forth and so on, right? So you tell me Howard couldn't be on the team over Robert Parrish, couldn't be top 75 over Parrish, like, you full of shit. All you Facebook niggas and all that, who y'all full of shit, man. Be real. Moving on. We got Billy Cunningham. For his career, he averaged 21 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. He's a one-time NBA champ, 
four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. Oh wait, three-time All-NBA. Mm, I got I got this shit. Uh, I got this shit a little mixed up. I put down two different uh two different people's shit by his name. Let me see what you think. He got twenty-one points, ten rebounds, four assists, one-time NBA champ, four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. There we go. Uh, even comparing that to, to Dwight Howard, like Dwight Howard's numbers look in this all career accolades are just as good as him. He got one champ, NBA champ. So does Dwight Howard. So like you can replace Robert Parrish or Billy Cunningham with Dwight Howard. You know what I'm saying? Then you got Dave DeBusher. I know who the fuck he was. I ain't gonna lie. I had to like some people had to do more research on the others because like. I ain't really know who they was, and I ain't want to see him off the list because I know who they was, but yeah, he's one of the ones who almost got kicked off before I did research on him. And uh, he still got kicked off. But Dave DeBusher, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, two-time NBA champ, one-time All-NBA first team, one-time All-NBA second team, one-time All-NBA third team, right? Eight-time All-Star. Compared to, once again, Dwight Howard. 18 points, 13 rebounds, 2 blocks. Like, come on, man. It's a, this shit's almost irritating to keep on going. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's, if y'all don't see already, then it's like, okay. Cuffed. If your point is, there are a few guys on this list who can be replaced by a few guys who play in more current NBA, if that's the point you're trying to make, like, if you don't see it as fact by this point, then you just full of shit. You know what I'm saying? But that's the point I'm trying to make. It's the point I've been trying to make. And I think I made it, but I'm going to go on to the next one who could, who could possibly be taken off. Dane Little, six-time All-Star. Never led the league in scoring. Uh, uh, even though he's known as one of the best scoring point guards and all that shit, motherfucker, whatever, cool. But he's... I, I fuck with Dane, too. Six-time All-Star. Never led the uh, league in scoring. Never been into the conference finals. Averages 24 points, 4 rebounds, 6.5 assists for his career. And also doesn't have defense like at all, right? So, accomplishments are nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he ain't did nothing. And I fuck with Dame. But he ain't really did nothing. You telling me right now his career is better than Tony Parker. Like, nah. If we going off of rings and shit, right? Okay, cool. Cause what's the name? Uh, uh, Howard's not there because he ain't got enough rings. That's why Robert Parrish is there or Billy Cunningham that who don't got better numbers, but they got more rings. So they there, and Howard's not cool. So why isn't Tony Parker there over a guy like Dan Leonard? Because Tony Parker has four NBA championships, eight time NBA All Star compared to Leonard's no NBA championships. Six NBA All Stars. Um, Tony Parker also was four time All NBA. He was a one time Final MVP. And Steph, Steph, Stephen Curry, who's on the list, has no Finals MVP. But even Tony Parker has one. So he's led a team to a championship. He was the MVP. So, like, he did that. You know what I'm saying? So, how could he not be on the list, but you got Dane Litter on the list? So regardless of who you like 
play style wise, if we're being honest and going off of whatever type of criteria, there's no way that Dane Litter could be there and not Tony Parker. Moving on, I had George make me uh make Mike him at first, but I took him off and put him on the list because I had to do more research. But once again, I was hating. But uh, Dolph Shays, who I realized real name is Adolph, but I think because the whole Adolph Hitler shit, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't want that name or something. So like, yeah. Uh, Dolph Shays, he was nice. You know what I'm saying? He was good, whatever. But 18 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, 12 time All Star, 15. He got All Star game 12 times out of NBA, 15 NBA seasons. He made the playoffs 14 times out of 15 NBA seasons. He was a one-time NBA champ. People not grind. They like he got four rings, okay, but he's four and nine. Cause he been there nine times. He won four, so like he can't be a goat. He ain't all that good. Eh, whatever. Okay, cool. This dude been in playoffs 14 times. He got one ring. So. No credit gets taken from him. Like, if we're going to use the same criteria for all players, like, so he should lose credit then, right? Because you in the playoffs over and over and over and over and over, but you ain't getting no rings. LeBron was there over and over and over and over and over. He got four rings. So I think you can replace <laughs> Dolph <laughs> with Dwight Howard if you want to. Now, before I wrap it up, I will admit, um, as I'm naming the guys you can take off that, uh, oh shit, there's more. And there's more. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna name these last couple ones, man. Because the names is good, they're good players and shit, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Bill Sharman, 18 points, four rebounds, three assists, eight time All Star in 11 years in the NBA. One time NBA champ. Three-time All-NBA first team. He shot in the low 40s in eight out of 11 seasons. So he played 11 seasons in the league and shot in the low 40s or lower eight times in the league. So he wasn't a fitcher score or nothing. Um, He got one ring. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was one of the pioneers or whatever. So he's always going to be on the list. But if he's there, then fuck it. Three-time champ, 19 points per game, four rebounds, three assists. Um, five-time All-Star, known as one of the best three or four shooters ever to touch a basketball, Clay Thompson. If you got Bill Sharman on there, then why not have Clay Thompson? Or, like I said before, Tracy McGrady. You know what I'm saying? If he's there, then how can they not be there? He only won one ring. Clay Thompson got three. And Clay Thompson is one of the main contributors on the team that he plays with. So, if Bill Sharman can be there, how can Clay Thompson? Once again, we got Nate Thurman, seven-time All-Star, 15 points per game, 15 rebounds per game, two blocks per game. Um, his numbers are real similar to, to Dwight Howard, right? Now, as a rookie, he only pulled in seven points per game and 10 rebounds. That's a good rookie season, but it's not nothing. It ain't nothing special. It ain't nothing like... Oh, he was out there killing none of that shit. He only averaged 20 points. No, he didn't average 20 points until his fifth year in the league. And he averaged, uh, what, he averaged uh, 18 to 21 rebounds at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he was killing a rebound shit. 
So he was he was doing his thing, but he didn't get 20 points to his fifth year in the league. He averaged between 20 and 21 points for five years straight, then dropped to 17, 13, and then never averaged 10, 10 points again in his whole in the last like five years of his career. And he also was averaging less than uh 10 rebounds at the same time. So he fell off, like fell off, fell off. His career for real, it sounds similar to fucking Dwight Howard. Except Dwight Howard has more accolades. So if Nate Thurman is there, then how the fuck ain't Dwight Howard there? Once again, then we got Wes Unsell, five-time All-Star, two-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, one-time All-NBA, first-time, uh, he's a one-time All-NBA first team, averaged 11 points, 14 rebounds, and half a block. He has seven seasons with less than 10 points a game. Seven out of 13 seasons, he averaged 10, less than 10 points per game. Like I said, there's other guys who could be on the list if you really look and dig deep into the shit. You know what I mean? Which most ain't going to do and understand. And I understand, so I don't knock you, but if you're going to talk about it, you might want to do a little research before you talk to me. Last but not least, Lenny Wilkins, 16 points per game, almost seven rebounds, I mean, almost seven assists, almost five rebounds, 15 seasons, nine all-star games, um... He's an all-star game MVP one time. He's a coach of the year. You don't hear no rings or nothing. None of that shit. How is he top 75? I don't get it. Because if rings put you over the, you know what I mean? Why can't T-Mac be on the list if Lenny Wilkins is there? My, my last, my ending conclusion is I feel like the NBA is waiting because some of these guys are still pretty young, like T-Mac and shit, like Dwight Howard is still playing and shit like that. They're probably going to replace these guys that I'm naming, you know, the majority of them, uh, if not all of them, on the uh, 100-year anniversary. Um, I'm going to keep all my... my uh, I'm going to have an episode on YouTube and shit, so, you know what I mean? So, Twitch, all that shit like that. So, I'm going to keep my shit, and uh, we're going to see how accurate I am in 25 years. <laughs> Whenever the next little little list come out, which I think it is twenty five years, but uh, for everybody tuned in, man, like, sub, subscribe on Twitch. You been here the whole time. I appreciate you watching. Whoever you are, you're right on the chat, but I fuck with you. Um, yeah, man. Once again, it's your homeboy Cuff. It's a brain separate podcast. We out this bitch.